And what is going on, everybody? My name uh, is Arn and Welcome back to the AKN Sports Podcast on this Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. Now listen, I've said it many times already, right? The month of September is primarily the NFL month. I'm trying to talk as much Pats as possible. If you haven't listened already, last night me and Kev did uh, you know, our week three game picks. We got Thursday night football on tonight, Browns and Steelers. But, of course, everything around us for Boston sports just has to bring our energy down. And some big news came out around the Celtics organization. Last night, um, literally at like 11, 11.30 at night, we had this odd news very broadly reported from from Woj, and a lot more details came out today. So, oh, this this just came out of nowhere, right? Obviously, we know it's been a roller coaster of an off season for the Celtics, right? First, coming off of a Finals loss in what was an incredible season, of course, adding on to the team that was competing for a championship, you go out and get a good wing shooter. And playmaker Danilo Gallinari, Malcolm Brogdon in a big trade. Everything seemed to be going so good for the 2022-23 Celtics. And then boom, Gallinari tears his ACL playing in Italy. He's very likely done for the year. Robert Williams gets yet another knee surgery out for over a month or two. And now add on the wildest of any sort of report involving head coach Ime Udoka. So this is the original um, tweet that came out last night. So it said Celtics coach Ime Udoka is facing possible disciplinary action, including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. So I first saw this and I was like, whoa, this is, this is really coming out of left field. This is coming out of nowhere. Now, when I first saw this, I, I had to think for a bit and think, what could he have possibly done? Right to to get a, a very broad look at what was what was being looked at, I, I was thinking so many times of what could Ime Udoka possibly have done to receive anything like this. So then Woj's second tweet came out and it said Celtics coach Ime Udoka is facing possible disciplinary action, including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Very very broad thing to say. The discussions are ongoing within the Celtics in a final determination. So that first tweet, you saw something happened. We don't know what's going to happen. The second tweet, still don't really know what happened, but we know there's a, vi- a significant ex- suspension. So when you hear significant suspension, you're thinking that's a good chunk of the season. All right? Because, you know, when you don't hear significant suspension, you're thinking, oh, that's probably a few games. Significant is a big part of that. So, and then another tweet came out. Uh, about later after last night, and Woj said that Ime Udoka's job isn't believed to be in jeopardy, but a suspension is looming, and a final determination on that length could come as soon as today. We did, of course, receive more details. So then we got the actual reasoning for what Ime Udoka did. And I, I got more details on the situation itself. So then about midnight last night, 
The real report said that Celtics coach Ime Udoka had an improper, intimate, and consensual relationship with a female member of the team's staff, and it's been deemed a major violation of the franchise's code of conduct. So then after that, Woj said there's no final decision has been made on the length of the suspension, but internal discussions have included scenarios that would keep Ime out for the entire 22-23 season. So basically what happened was Ime was messing around with this other girl working within the organization. Name has not been given out, not that that really matters. But it was consensual both ways. And obviously, the fact that, I mean, that is a major thing to look at. Because obviously, you know, you, you hear that word, I mean, that, that's a big word to use in the scenario, because you know, if that word wasn't used, you know, he's, he's done. <laughs> he is 100% thrown out, done. You hear that, and, you know, based off of what is is going to be made in the future, because technically all these potential punishments and suspensions, this all goes down to the team's code of conduct. So this was not Adam Silver or the league looking down on the situation and saying, yeah, this is violating it. Listen, this is all up to the president of basketball operations. And this all goes down to Brad Stevens. So basically... um. Wow, this is—I mean, it's—it's it's unbelievable. So, what happened? Another another tweet that I saw from a from a different source. I'm not going to say that source because it was through you know a chat and something like that. Was that eBay was at this person's house? There was a ring doorbell, basically uh, showing eBay going in and out of the house. She was ma- she's married as well, and but they both consensuated to you know what could have been sexual relations, whatever was temporarily happening in that time frame, and. You think about that and you're like, I mean, okay, punishment is necessary, I guess, because obviously we know, not just in the NBA, but that in in any league in general, any sort of undisclosed relationships going on within the workplace or within the organization itself is obviously a punishable offense. But it's not a punishable offense to the point where you are receiving the similar punishment as someone that committed like a major crime. If you're getting suspended for the entire season for doing anything other than this, it's either drugs, it's either a a severe criminal case that's occurring and that you're still under trial for, a season-long suspension, right? Because you think about outside of that, you're like, okay, those smaller suspensions either include, you know, steroids, PEDs, you know, marijuana, you know, maybe a domestic violence case. Like, you think those are the, the temporary suspensions and what causes those to be called. But this basically just says, Ime and this girl had a consensual relationship. She happened to be married. But that's not even the point. The point was, Ime was having an undisclosed relationship with a co-worker. So this was looked at from Brad Stevens as something that was so wrong and so bad that he is going to take that risk of basically deciding his fate of being head coach of this team for this season. It it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. Because this all deems to him, okay? Now listen, if if this were flipped, and I said it earlier, right? If Ime, you know, if it was like a sexual misconduct incident, or it was not consensual, right? That is a scenario where like, oh man, yeah, you got to be ready for the biggest punishment possible. But by the sounds of it, like, I'm reading this this tweet from Shams, 
And I mean, they are trying their best to make it seem like Ime was a bad, bad guy in this case. Like, the way I read it, like, look at the way it's worded. Celtics coach Ime Udoka had an improper, intimate, and consensual, right? That is a key word right there. Consensual. That, that, that is such an important word. But the fact that he had to add on an improper, intimate, because, oh, it was improper because, you know, it was within the organization. They were, part, you know, part of the same place of business, whatever. It's been deemed a violation. So listen, Brad Stevens is absolutely handling this terribly. Because realistically, what he did was not illegal in a way, right? Yes, it violated a a code of conduct that he signed upon when becoming coach of the team. We're well aware of that. But what in the hell is Brad Stevens thinking that making the worst possible offense of a punishment be the most necessary in this case? A undisclosed consensual relationship between the head coach of the uh, of the organization and what seems to be an undisclosed female of the organization i i don't understand how brad stevens can sit there and think suspending this man or scaring him to lose his job is the necessary precaution now i'm not trying to look at it from a way like oh man you know forget about the situation itself right you know, you fire Ime or you give him that suspension, you're really costing your team this year, right? You've had to go through quite some things this offseason, right? Gallinari, one of your only, one of your few acquisitions he's done for the year. Rob Will's going to be missing some time. Now you're really ruining your chances of getting back there if you're going to take this scenario way out of proportion and cost your team. Because you, you see the reactions across the team, right? Jalen Brown tweeted a little something. You know, players were like, I don't think players were like jaw drop shock, like, oh my God, how could Ime do this? How could he possibly do something so terrible? Yeah, no. It's being handled terribly. It realistically should have been a fine. If you're going to suspend him, it should realistically be like the first one to two weeks of the season. But the fact that we're, we're completely avoiding like a fi- even a 50%, I mean, even 50% of half the season would be crazy too. But even half the season is like, okay, hey, you know, things can be different. Second half of the year, he's back. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how that's the best way to handle it. I, I really don't. Wow. So, basically, Ime could either be facing a, a full season suspension for his role. Um, again, this was about 10 o'clock this morning. Ime Udoka is lightly facing a suspension for the entire 22-23 season for his role in a consensual relationship with a female fa- uh, staff member. A formal announcement is expected as soon as today. So if Ime is suspended for the, the entire year, I mean, whatever, how, how much time it is, that would actually mean Joe Missoula will uh, resume as the uh, head coach. So, uh, and I got to tell you, man, Joe Missoula does not have a great history as well. So Missoula came not too long ago here. If I'm not mistaken, he just he joined him a couple years ago. So he, he's actually been here since 2019. So... Joe Mazzulla, he played in the NBA for a bit. He was an undrafted pick back in the day. Um, it's it's his third or fourth year. He signed in June of 2019 as an assistant coach. But I, I do think there was some some legal issues there as well. His Wikipedia is not really giving any explanation um, or any background on that. But I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I did read something involving domestic violence in terms of it. So, But uh, this would be your, your assistant coach. Um, it's crazy. So, uh, 
Yeah. And this is a tweet that Jalen Brown liked. Uh, I don't know who T. Cooper is, but uh, Jalen Brown liked a tweet saying, this guy tweeted, he said, when you think everything is falling apart, boy, when I tell you everything is falling into place. Wow. So basically what Jalen Brown's liking here is that there's a little beef going on there. And listen, I forgot to mention this earlier. My first initial thought on this suspension was maybe it had to do with with Ime and the KD situation, right? That was a big thing brewing around the offseason. All the interests, the Jalen Brown offer. That has to be connected. This liked tweet has got to be connected to that. Because what other beef or, or, or like hatred would you have towards Ime, with the exception of seeing your name out there, in a trade offer for Kevin Durant back a couple of months ago. So that is crazy, man. Wow. So, you know, that's as much as I can really talk about that. It's a crazy situation, and we might be seeing a, a legitimate minor downfall of this team again. Again. <laughs> again. Just again. Just going to throw that out there. So, oh, all right. Talked a little bit about that. Um... Obviously, there's some stuff going on around hockey, you know, the game picks with some moves made around the league that I was around the NFL that I wasn't able to talk about. Uh, I do want to talk a bit about the Red Sox. Again, I, I, as I've said probably a million times already, this team's done, right? We're not having any, nobody has legitimate hopes that they're going to win anything and, and get to the playoffs. But uh, they did play a two game series against the Reds. I didn't get to talk about it on Tuesday or Wednesday. On Tuesday, they actually looked pretty good, though. They won 5 to 3 over the Reds. Uh, in Cincinnati, um, it was a pretty solid game. Started off with uh, JD tripling to deep center, in which Bogart scored. Sox took the one nothing lead, and then Friedel, from pronouncing that right, hit a solo shot, three hundred eighty feet, tied it at one. And then Rob Refsnyder hit a solo shot, four hundred and ten feet, to put the Sox up two to one. And then JD hit a solo shot, four hundred and twenty feet, put them up three to one. And then Devers Raffi. Hit a uh, two-run blast, 413 feet. They were up 5-1. to one. And then uh, India was walked. That brought in a, a run, 5-2. to two. And then Kyle Farmer, a sacrifice fly in which Steer scored, made it 5-3. to three. So I, I can't even go into the specifics because it just doesn't matter anymore. Right? Everything's just kind of garbage at this point. Uh, it was a pretty good day for the hitters. You know, Tommy Pham, 2-for-5 with a run. Uh, Devers, 1-for-4 with a run, 2-RBI. Uh, Bogarts 0 for 2 with a run. JD 2 for 5 with the run to RBI. Verdugo was 1 for 5. Ref Snyder was 1 for 2 with a, with a run and an RBI. Kike was 0 for 2. Yu Chang was 0 for 2. Tristan Cassis 0 for 1. And Connor Wong was 0 for 4. Jesus. Uh, Brian Bello, pretty solid game again from him, though. I mean, in five innings, 84 pitches in five innings. Uh, he did cough up eight hits, was responsible for only one run. Uh, walked two batters, but he had five strikeouts. And then uh, Ryan Brazier came out in the sixth. 10 pitches uh, with a strikeout. Then Zach Kelly came out in the 7th. 5 pitches, nothing allowed. Matt Barnes came out in the 8th. On 13 pitches, he had a strikeout. And then the two closers, Matt Strom, who uh, didn't look very good. 25 pitches, did cough up a hit. He coughed up two more runs with only a strikeout. And then John Triber was able to save it and close it out. So uh, you'd think they would sweep him. And then yesterday was uh, not good because yesterday they lost 5-1. to one. In their series finale in Cincinnati, five to one against the Reds. I mean, Jesus! Uh, it started off in the bottom of the third because Connor Seabold actually started in this game, so that makes you wonder. Uh, India single to left, in which uh, Fairchild scored on an error. So then the Reds were up one nothing. Then the Sox got on the board and tied it when Verdugo 
Sacrifice fly to center, which Devers scored, and then everything else with Cincinnati. India singled to center. Fairchild scored, made it two to one. Then Kyle Farmer um, singled to shallow right. Friedel scored, made it Friedel and India scored, made it four to one. And then uh, Solano hit a uh, solo shot, four hundred and four feet in the uh, in the eighth to put the Reds up five one. I mean, you, you can't blame Siebel on that. You only put up one run, but uh, man, this is what the, ugh, the hitters were horrible, man. Tommy Pham zero for three. Devers two for four with a run. I mean, Bogart's 2 for 4, Verdugo 1 for 3, and then everybody else was terrible. JD 0 for 3, Tristan Cassis 0 for 3, Ref Snyder 1 for 3, Reese McGuire 0 for 3, Kike 0 for 3, and the pitching was just didn't help either because Connor Siebold, who had only started one or two games previous, because I mean, 85 pitches in five innings, holy crap, six hits, four runs, did have four strikeouts, and then uh, Edward Bizardo came out in the sixth, eight pitches, uh, Tyler Danish in the seventh. Uh, 16 pitches with a hit and a strikeout. Then Frank Herman, 10 pitches, one hit, one run with a strikeout. So with that loss, the Sox are now 72 and 76, and they are currently playing in in uh, the Bronx. They're playing the Yankees right now. So you go after you know a pretty crappy series against the Reds, and now you're going to play the uh, 90 win Yankees. So uh, the pitching matchup is actually Michael Walker versus um, Jamison Tyon. It's actually not bad. I mean, Waka's been freaking insane this season. Um, I'm trying to look. Yeah, Jamison Tyon this year, 13-5 and as a starter with a uh, 4.04 ERA, 132 strikeouts with a 1.1 whip. He's actually been pretty solid this year. Uh, but then the Sox lineup for tonight, we got uh, Tommy Pham at left, Devers on third, Bogarts at shortstop, uh, Verdugo at right, JD at the DH, Cassis at first, uh, Kike at center field, Yu Chang on second, and Connor Wong at the catcher, so, uh, yeah, not much else to say, you know, it's on Fox, so people are going to be watching this game, um, a lot of empty seats, well, how are there empty seats in, in the Bronx, damn, so, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much that, Sox and Yanks, Jamison Tyon versus Michael Waka. I mean, hey, end everything on a good note at least, because there ain't that much time left around the season, but, uh, with the exception of that, had a few games happen today, uh, earlier the Rangers beat the Angels 5-3, to Royals beat the Twins 4-1. Giants shut out the Rockies 3-0. Uh, Mariners beat the A's 9-5. Cardinals beat the Padres 5-4. Uh, right now, the uh, Brewers are up 2-0 on the Reds in the, t- in the uh, bottom of the second. Uh, Jays and Rays are tied at 3 in the top of the second. Uh, Astros and Orioles are scoreless bottom of the first. Braves and Phillies are scoreless in the middle of the first. And Cubs and Pirates are currently scoreless in the top of the second. So... That is uh, your baseball stuff. Um, I don't know if there was any moves made around baseball. Uh, oh, yeah, the other day, man, former Red Sox uh, Kevin Pilecki signed with the with the Rangers. <laughs> Kevin Pilecki's like, hey, you know, I, I, the Red Sox cut me, so I'm just going to go to another garbage team. Uh, the Rangers signed Pilecki to one-year deal under a club control through the remainder of 2022. So, uh, yeah, nothing nothing uh, too crazy going on right there. Pilecki... Enjoy your time down there in Texas. Um, I do want to talk about what's been going on around the league. Uh, starting, let's see, man. Uh, Mike Evans suspension, Gallup. Uh, let's see. I mean, good amount of things in terms of injuries and all that. Let's see. Marlon Mack, Kurt Benkert. Let's see. Uh, starting off with earlier yesterday or two days ago, um, veteran cornerback Joe Hayden announced his retirement. I, I kind of forgot about Joe Hayden. So Joe Hayden, who, of course, spent... His first few years, many years with the Cleveland Browns, 
and of course spent the last few with Pittsburgh. I mean, I got to tell you, man, throughout that decade, because I'm, I'm pretty sure he played since 2010 or 2011, he was actually a pretty good corner. He was never like a top tier, you know, top five corner, but throughout his career, he was always a really, really good corner. So, um, you know, played pretty solid in his last year with Pittsburgh. I don't understand why they retire so late. But uh, yeah, uh, Joe Hayden was a top 10 pick back in 2010, seventh overall uh, by the by the Browns back in 2010. He played from uh, 2010 all the way to 2016 with Cleveland, and then I believe in free agency, signed with the Steelers in uh, 2017, and of course played from 17 all the way through 2021 with the Steelers. Was He was their number one corner for, throughout those entire, that five-year span, but Man, in terms of his accolades, man, he was a second-team All-Pro. 2013 was a ne- 2013 was the next-level year for so many guys because him and Josh Gordon were nuts that year. But yeah, Joe Hayden was a second-team All-Pro in 2013, three-time Pro Bowler. He made it in 2013, 2014, and and uh, in 2019. So he made the Pro Bowl once as a Steeler. Um, so yeah, he had some really good accolades um, as a corner. And then in terms of college, I mean, he was. PFWA All-Rookie Team in 2010, BCS National Champion in 08, Unanimous All-American in 09, and then First Team All-SEC, because he was he was really good at Florida. He was seventh overall pick, but uh, in terms of his stats, comes out of his career with 615 tackles, three sacks, with 155 pass deflections, 29 interceptions, seven forced fumbles, uh, six fumble recoveries, and two defensive TDs, so... Hell of a career from Joe Hayden. I wouldn't say Hall of Fame caliber, but it was a damn good corner, man. Enjoy retirement. Joe Hayden was a, was a monster. So, uh, Outside of that, a couple of other moves. Titans apparently signed Andrew Adams, safety Andrew Adams, to their active roster. They picked him up off the Steelers' practice squad, thinking that that will do any damage on their uh, secondary. Uh, the Players of the Week uh, came out this week. So uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Week for Week 2 was Tua. Of course, Tua ended up putting up that crazy 6 Touchdown game, almost 500 yards. I mean, there was nothing against that. Uh, the defensive player of the week was actually rookie corner Jalen Watson. Again, primarily because he had that 99-yard pick six last Thursday. I mean, that's reasonable. And the uh, special teams player was uh, Jets punter Braden Mann, who actually threw a fake punt. Um, so, yeah, other than that, uh, that, that's pretty fair. The NFC Offensive Player of the Week, had him on my fantasy team, was... Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, very well-deserved. I mean, he was incredible last week. I think he had two receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Uh, Defensive player of the week was Eagles corner Darius Slay. He had two picks on Kirk Cousins, locked down Justin Jefferson. And the special teams player was Giants kicker Graham Gano, who was kicking field goals like nothing in that game. So, uh, no, yeah, no, I'm cool with that, man. So, once again, those are your players of the week. Uh, Outside of that, a couple of other moves. The commanders signed uh, defensive tackle Donovan Jeter. Donovan Jeter to their practice squad, and corresponding, they placed uh, one of their linemen, Nolan Laufenberg, on IR, which means he's out for four weeks. Uh, other moves, Jets signed uh, former Dolphins lineman Adam Pankey to their practice squad, and they ended up releasing uh, another lineman of theirs, Chris Glazer. Uh, the Texans actually promoted Jimmy Morrissey to their active roster center, because Max Sharping, I think, is injured. Um, the Bucks placed a couple of big players in their IR. They placed Giovanni Bernard on IR, and one of their tackles, Josh Wells. Again, that tackle position's been getting all over the place with Donovan Smith being hurt, but, uh, and Bernard, I, I hadn't heard his name a lot, because, I mean, it's, you know, the Bucks really haven't been anywhere near as explosive as I thought at the beginning of the season, and, uh, you know, obviously Ronald Jones left, you know, Fournette's been the lead guy, and then they had Rashad White, who had a good preseason, so, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, Evans, as we know, officially out, his suspension did not get upheld. Uh, there is a chance, though, that Michael Gallup will make his season debut on Monday night against the, uh, against the Giants, so, 
That, that'd be really, really huge for them offensively. But the Patriots ended up making a really weird trade the other day. Patriots made a trade. So the Pats ended up trading one of their tackles, Justin Heron, to the Raiders. Um, so both teams basically swapped their 2024 draft picks. So uh, they ended up receiving a sixth-round pick. So uh, Heron, who was one of their fifth or sixth rounders back in 2020, did start a couple of games. He was really never good. Um you know, if I'm not mistaken, he did start 10 games. So he did start a few games, most of which in 2020. But yeah, he was 195 overall back in 2020. He was sixth rounder out of Wake Forest. Uh, you know, his accolade in college, he was third team all ACC. But he, again, he started in 10, 10 games, played in 28. So he had a decent amount of experience. Um, obviously, the Raiders have made a lot of weird moves at the lineman position. Not a shocker that the Raiders of all teams with uh, Josh McDaniels out there make this move. But yeah, Heron was never great, because it was honestly between him and Onwenu, uh, you know, the two sixth-round linemen that really competed, and obviously Onwenu beat him out there, so, you know. And plus, I think they're they're really thinking about bumping up Marcus Cannon for a good amount of games, and, you know, if you're going to play Cannon, you know, much rather have him up there than Heron, so. Good luck in Vegas, Justin Heron, man. He's 26, 28 games, 10 starts, so, hey, not a, not a bad addition there for Vegas, I guess. Uh, the Panthers apparently promoted linebacker Aaron Mosby to their active roster, so... A little linebacker addition. Um, Bengals backup tight end Drew Sample apparently underwent knee surgery that's going to silent him for a while. So I don't know who the backup tight end is behind uh, Hayden Hurst, but we'll see. Um, the Pats apparently promoted Daniel Aquali to their active roster. So I th- I think this is because he um, he did uh, overdo his suspension. Because remember, he was suspended the first, I think, two or three games with the PED violation. I kind of forgot about him. Uh, so I, I think they did this because he, he he could play on Sunday against the Ravens, but uh, he sucks. Daniel Cawley's terrible. I, I forgot about him. Um, this sucked, though, man. I, I was really looking forward to him. So the, the Titans ended up claiming uh, Terrence Mitchell off the Pats practice squad. I was really disappointed about this because I remember, man, Ter- uh, Terrence Mitchell was, you know, one of the first free agent signings the Pats had back in back in the spring. And, you know, I, I had the envisionment that he was going to make at least the active roster. Uh, he ended up going on the practice squad. I mean, he's obviously been everywhere, but... You know, it sucks. You know, he was a decent slot corner, did okay in training camp. You know, a lot of people thought it was going to be a stretch for him to make the roster. So, hey, good luck in Tennessee, man. That's all I got. Um, The Ravens actually ended up signing former Patriot right there, Brandon Copeland, to their practice squad. Uh, Copeland, who played like one or two years here in New England, spent some time in Atlanta. Um, And then yesterday, the Steelers signed former Colts cornerback Quincy Wilson to their practice squad. Uh, Sean Payton, a guy that, you know, we haven't talked a lot about, apparently says he would consider returning. I could see him coming back. You know, he's another weird case where it's like, you know, he's not old. He's still a very good coach. Uh, I don't know if it was a personal issue when he announced his quote unquote retirement. It wasn't really retirement. He was just stepping away. So I will, I could hundred percent see it. hundred percent see it. Um, the Niners apparently signed, uh, brought back a guy, a friend of theirs, Tevin Coleman to their practice squad. And they put Trey Lance on season ending IR, which is really unfortunate, but yeah, Tevin Coleman, who who really made a name of himself in Atlanta as that number two back. And then the Niners had him. They kind of split reps with him and, and Mostert and a few others. Obviously, he spent the last, I think, I think last year he was with the Jets, and he was a free agent for a while. So not a bad addition right there. Uh, the Rams apparently signed former Giants lineman Matt Scora to the, their practice squad. Um, Cowboys re-signed receiver Dennis Houston to their practice squad after he cleared waivers. So, hey, you know, you release a guy, bring him back. Um, Rams backup tight end up apparently Bryson Hopkins is being suspended three games for violating a substance abuse policy. So I think they went after uh, Kendall Blanton, if I'm not mistaken, the backup tight end. So uh, we'll see right there. 
Um, this was a pretty interesting move that the Browns, or sorry, the Rams ended up uh, signing Tack McKinley to their active roster off the Titans practice squad. Tack McKinley, who, God, he's been everywhere. He, he was on the Browns. I think he was on the Falcons a few years ago. Uh, he failed a couple of physicals. So uh, he was in the, yeah, I forgot he was on the Titans practice squad. So, you know, he's a, he's a decent addition there on that pass rush. Uh, Steelers safety, Demonte KZ, is being suspended three games for violating the substance abuse policy. Damn. And he's on IR, so that, that kind of sucks. Um, let's see. Uh, earlier today, uh, the Rams signed rookie cornerback Sean Jolly to their active roster. They picked him up off the Browns practice squad. Man, the Rams are making some weird moves. The Titans promoted uh, tight end Kevin Rader to their active roster, and they put uh, Jamarco Jones on IR. So, uh, damn, Kevin Rader. All right. Uh, so after the Bryson Hopkins suspended, the Rams brought back a familiar friend of theirs, Kendall Blanton. They brought uh, him onto their practice squad. He, he was everywhere because he was in the Rams, and they cut him. And then the, the Washington got him. They cut him. Then he was in the Chiefs. So, wow. So, Blanton's back in L.A. after all that. That's crazy. Um, Christian McCaffrey, what else is new? Added to the injury report with an ankle injury. That is the classic Christian McCaffrey midseason injury. Oh, the ankle's bothering him. The ankle's getting to him. Uh, the Ravens made a pretty interesting uh, signing today. The Ravens signed uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. How about that? JPP. I was wondering why he was unsigned for this long, but of course, JPP had uh, many good years with the New York Giants, had the fireworks incident, of course, spent the last three years in Tampa Bay, won a ring there, put it on that finger, um, but he was still playing really, really solid, and I, I, I really don't understand why the Bucks kind of gave up on him, didn't want to give him anything, uh, you know, I'm wondering if Ndamuk and Sue will go after any go after any teams, so, but uh, honestly, really solid addition, I know the Ravens were trying to add a lot of depth there at linebacker, so, uh, damn, so, uh, I mean, we'll see if he plays on Sunday against the Pats. I don't really expect that to happen, but JPP, it's a good addition there. Him, Calais Campbell, Patrick Queen, it's a damn good pass rush there. He can still play. Um, and so, yeah, that's basically it for today. Again, pretty quiet day, JPP in Baltimore. So, uh, yeah, man, not, not too much going on around the NFL, as I said many times already. So, uh, whew, all right, um, let's see what's going on around hockey um yeah, there was quite a lot that happened around hockey today uh let's see uh let's see uh uh so yeah uh jack hughes was talking crap about chill 23 nolan patrick is actually not going to play this year due to a long battle of concussions respect um that's yeah no i thought there was gonna be more that happened today um, let's see, there's been a, there's been a lot, so starting with, yeah, earlier yesterday, the Flames re-signed, uh, restricted free agent Adam Rizuka to a two-year deal, uh, the Flames re-signed Brett Ritchie, that's a former Bruin right there, one year, 750k, uh, the Islanders signed forward on Nikita Soshnikov to a one-year, one-way deal, uh, the Islanders also brought back, uh, one of their backup goalies, Corey Schneider, to a one-year deal. Um, Sabres GM also just gave an extension. So the other day, I think it was Calgary or Carolina that got a GM extension, but the Sabres just gave uh, Kevin Adams their GM an extension. That is something I don't think a lot of Sabres fans could ever imagine the next few years after, you know, the years of misery there. <laughs> the Islanders re-signed defenseman uh, Parker Walderspoon to a one-year deal. Uh, the Bruins just added, uh, you know, a little patch on their jersey. So uh, th- this looks ugly. They, they added a rapid 7 ad patch on like the top right hand part of that jersey that that does not look good that's an eyesore man 
Um, apparently, the Flyers are expecting Ryan Ellis to miss almost the entire season. He's kind of old, too. Uh, Joel Edmondson is still going to be out for a good amount of time. Yeah, the Canadians are catching on some bad, bad luck. Uh, Oilers apparently re-signed uh, Ryan McLeod to, McLeod to a one-year deal. Um, also, Andrew Ladd failed his physical, and he's going to be uh, on LTIR for the final year of his contract. Wow, that sucks. Um, Carl Hagelin's going to be out for a good amount of time. Uh, uh, yeah, not much else there. And the trade deadline for the NHL is set for March 3rd. How about that? Three, three... Th- who cares about who's thinking about the trade deadline now? Who's thinking about that? Um, so yeah, outside of that, you know, you had some some looks on Chell. Chell did post a couple of things today. Did I go over the defenseman? I did. I did that the other day. Uh, Slapshot power. I think I did. Top ten under twenty three. Okay, this is an interesting one. So the, the best players that are under the age of twenty three are Andre Svechnikov and Rasmus Dahlin. Were both ninety eight. And then Trevor Zegras, 87, as well as Jack Hughes and Moritz Sider. Um, 85s are Bowen Byram and Tim Stutzel. Uh, 84s are all Spencer Knight, Noah Dobson, and Cole Caulfield. Wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah, Jack Hughes is not happy about that. The top 10 centers. Okay, here we go. Top 10 centers. Uh, McDavid's a 95. No-brainer. The 94s are both Austin Matthews and McKinnon. Leon Dreisaitl and Sidney Crosby are both 93s. Uh, Alexander Barkov is a 92. Um, the 90s are Stamkos and Evgeny Malkin, and the 89s are Sebastian Ajo and Patrice Bergeron. Damn. Uh, the fastest players in the game, I think we might have gone over this, but Connor McDavid, 97. Wow, oh, man. McCarr and McKinnon, uh, or McCarr is 96, McKinnon, 95, Barzal, 95, Dylan Larkin, 93, Matt Duchesne, 93, Johnny Gaudreau, 93, Kasperi Kapanen, 93, Quinn Hughes, 93, Taylor Hall, 93. Wow. That's crazy, man. McDavid, I mean, McDavid should be a 97 overall, but, but, uh, yeah, I think the last thing that they're waiting to unveil is goalies, which I uh, would very well assume, you know, not, not a lot is, is going to change there, but yeah, man, that's, that's basically all I got for tonight. Of course, we got Brown Steelers, a little week three ter- Thursday night football coming up. Sox just beat the Yankees. Doesn't matter how bad you guys are, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm Arnold Roy and peace out and go Sox.